0: Happy Father's Day. Any brand new fathers here today? Geordie, technically, I believe there's uh, something brewing, but it's not you, it's Talisha. Congratulations. Let's give a big round of applause to the new fathers and online if there's new fathers. What a fantastic day. What an amazing uh, opportunity to share our heart this morning or share my heart this morning on Father's Day. Um, Something that I didn't realise is, with the assignment, I, I asked Charles, could I speak today, not the week before, and I thought, I'm going to look at and share with all of you on Joseph, Jesus' father. Do you know how many verses there are in the Bible that cover Joseph? Two plus GST. That's, that's good, I'll, I'll take that bid and you're sold to that lady there. So there's not a lot you can research, but what I want to do is share the heart of God this morning with all of you, and particularly fathers that are listening, watching online, and see the Father heart of God through the eyes of Joseph. And what can we learn from Joseph? And that's our prayer this morning, that because as we start... And look at Father's Day, I want to recognize, I want to acknowledge something. that some of you here today, on Father's Day, you've got some great memories. Your father's still alive, you've got a great relationship, and it's a celebratory day today for you. For others, it might be something where you're missing your father. He's passed, and the elephant in the room is there is, there is some regret there today on Father's Day. And then for others, there's even greater silence in the room because for you it may not be a great memory of your father. You may not have had fatherhood modelled well to you. We want to acknowledge that this morning. We want to pray into that this morning because that's not where you're destined to go. That's part of the journey you've been on. And this is the Father Heart of God this morning. We want to press in and learn about our Heavenly Father because Jesus was placed on this earth with an earthly father and his heavenly father. And we're going to transition through that process and look at, through the eyes of Joseph, what is the father heart of God. Let's commit this time to God, our father, right now in prayer. Father, thank you for Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, Dad. And Lord, our prayer this morning is that you, by your grace, by your mercy, by your Holy Spirit, you're going to rest on each and every person that listens to this message this morning. May it be your words on my lips, because your promise is that my word will not return void. There is power, there is authority, there is hope in the name of Jesus, and that's what we want to proclaim this morning on this Father's Day, that may your will be done On earth as it is in heaven. We commit this time to you. We ask that your name be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So let's look at Jesus' earthly father relationship. Let's see what took place. And uh, the first scripture I want us to look at is Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 21. And uh, I think you've got that. On the screen, it's coming. And I'm going to read to you from the uh, New International Version. And this is even before Jesus was born. The title says, Joseph accepts Jesus as his son. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph She will give birth to a son and you'll give him the name Jesus because he will save people from their sins. Now as I read that, and I've read that several times in the couple of years I've been on this planet, the thought struck me, put on some glasses right now and look through the lens of Joseph the father. You're told that the woman you're about to marry is pregnant, not by you. Happy Father's Day. Then, think about it one step further. Then you're told through a dream, through an angel in a dream, that not only is this child not yours, but you're going to name the child. It's going to be a boy. No more birthdays popping balloons and working out what sex it is. It's going to be a boy, and you're going to name the child Jesus. So think about that from a father's perspective. And particularly in Jewish culture, suddenly you're given a child to look after that's not yours, but not only that, you can't name it. And that's huge, particularly in Jewish culture at that time. And your firstborn son, it's not going to carry your name, it's going to carry someone else's name as the saviour of the world. Do you get where I'm going? So what's the point, the father heart of God, for Joseph? an incredibly humble man, incredibly humble, an amazing man that's willing to lay down his life, his aspirations, his goals, his dreams, right from being separated to take a wife, get married, have a child, start a family, and put all that aside and to submit to the will of God. How many fathers today could say, oh, yeah, I could do that? Because if you're a human being in the natural and you are honest, probably the answer is no. But this is why God set aside this man at this time on our planet Earth. He was a humble man of God willing to submit to the Father's heart and do what you asked me to do, to be the father of a boy that would grow into a man that would be sacrificed for the world, and you're going to name him Jesus. That's point number one, the Father heart of God, being submission in, in submission, total submission to God. The other thing that struck me too, and maybe it's obvious to you, maybe I'm just a slow runner, especially at this stage of life, I can't run very fast or very far, and uh, the reality is I'm not just that, Joseph was Jesus' father, no, 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 actually he's his stepfather. That caused a bit of a pregnant pause, didn't it? Stepfather, that has connotations, doesn't it, in our day and age? But the reality is he wasn't conceived from Joseph. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So that set him apart right before he was even born. There's, there's a separation if I may, if I could be that bold, between Joseph as the father, Jesus as the son. But he still took on the role of fatherhood. He loved him, he cared for him, he provided for him. Do you get where I'm going? So there was the total and utter submission. I'm following what you're asking me to do, Father. And yet, he was putting his design... Desires, aspirations, goals, everything, putting all that aside in order that he can fulfill the Father's will. So what's the second point we can learn? The Father, heart of God, through the eyes of Joseph. Well, Joseph was fostering a child in an environment that would allow him to grow in stature in godly wisdom, and follow after his passion and desire to fulfill the Heavenly Father's will. Can I explain that in simple terms? Let's read the Bible. Let's read what the Bible says. Luke chapter 2, verses 41 to 50, says this. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem. So we're fast-forwarding. We've gone through birth. We've gone through all that stuff right up to a 12-year-old child now. I thought I'd just put that little bit in. It's worth noting when you read this. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover when he was 12 years old. They went up to the festival according to the custom. And after the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind In Jerusalem but they were unaware of it thinking he was in their company they traveled on for a day they began looking for him among their relatives and friends and when they did not find him they went back to Jerusalem to look for him after three days how many days three days lost your child No triple O, triple nine, no nothing. No texting, no Facebook, Twitter, blogger, whatever, uh, just three days. Then they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Verse 49 says this. Why were you searching for me? He said, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Well, there's a footnote in most translations that actually says, or be about my father's business. But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Now, I don't know about you, have got a little confession to make. As a dad standing on a platform with a microphone, if my son went missing, he's here now, for three days at the age of 12, not only mum runs ahead of me and says, "You yeah, don't you realise what you've done, you've made us stress out, and dad couldn't eat pizza for three days, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'd be a little bit more forthright in giving a bit of verbal advice as to what the heck were you thinking, I want you to understand, if you're a father listening this morning, what's actually taking place here in the context of environment. Holy Spirit ordained that Jesus would be born through this couple. Holy Spirit ordained that the father would name the son Jesus. Holy Spirit ordained that by the year twelve it's a significant year in the jewish calendar that they would actually see their boys turn into men and go through a process almost like an ordination process where it's a significant time on the jewish calendar and yet there's an element here of what's not written in the verse it's a modern day translation by john graham is are you usurping my authority as your father Who the heck do you think you are? You don't read that in the scripture, do you? There's no reference whatsoever of the father rising up in anger, in hostility, in in, um, putting his son down in front of people and dragging him off through the dirt by the hair, you know. You don't read any of that. Do you know why you don't read that? Because it did not happen. So what's the point about the father heart of God through the eyes of Joseph? Well, the point is, not only was he willing to submit his dreams, his aspirations, and and be humble enough to follow God's leading in his life, but also he knew there was something stirring, I believe, in his spirit to allow his son to be in, in the father's house and submitting to the Father's will, and gaining that wisdom, that knowledge that could only come in that environment that was going to take him to the next level, beyond physical age, 12, into a spiritual dimension, preparing him for his full-time ministry, which was going to be a sacrifice for you and me. There was far more going on, and that's why you won't read in the Scriptures anywhere that Joseph lost his stuff, dragged the son off out the back, gave him a bit of a hiding and sent him home in disgrace because he was allowing him to grow in an environment bigger than himself, bigger than the calling on his life, the anointing on his son's life. Far more going on in an environment. So I've got some questions. I've got some questions for you. I've got some questions for me this morning as I read into this and get a greater understanding of what is actually taking place At this moment in time, are you ready? All right, you asked for it. What are you allowing to shape your children? I'm speaking to fathers this morning. What are you allowing to shape your children? Are you prioritising shaping your children within the framework of a church family? I say that unashamedly this morning to you, not only as a pastor, not only as a staff member, but it's God's house. We're talking in the context of environment and we're talking in the environment of God's house, being in the father's house, being in the father's business, allowing him to speak into your life, allowing you to build you up in wisdom and, and understanding of things beyond your natural circumstance and what's controlling you at the moment in the physical, stepping out of that arena and going beyond that. How are we fostering our children? How are we caring for our children? What is the environment we're placing them in? Can I go for it? Thank you for the three people that said yes. And the rest of you that are desperately trying to get out those doors. They're not locked. If you're watching this stream, the doors are not locked. So for Jan and I, for Jan and I, we may not be perfect parents. I I can only speak for myself. But we did covet to commit our children to the Lord, dedicate them right from start, right from birth. We did bring them up as best as we could in an environment where there's church family, church community. Churches aren't perfect. Can I say that? Unashamedly, because we're human and you're dealing with people and problems, but you learn an environment together which is healthy, God-honouring, and there's a perspective where we can pray for each other, cover each other and, and watch children being raised in an environment where they're going to learn and draw from God's love, God's forgiveness and God's care. That's what we, we knew was far more important than anything else we could, we could sow into. And that's what we aim to model as parents. So what, what else can we learn from Joseph well, the importance of foundation. Luke twenty-two forty-two is a prayer that's prayed by Jesus himself some years later. You won't hear a reference to Joseph at this point. It's a prayer by a son that's grown now to somewhere between the age of 30 to 33, probably closer to 33. He's absolutely at his end physically and emotionally in the Garden of Gethsemane and he cries out a prayer that I believe he saw his father modelled through his life as a child. And the prayer is this. Father, not my will, but thine be done. Now, when I say that, I'm trying to keep it together emotionally, because I pictured as I read that, and I was preparing this, these notes that did Joseph sense that prayer, not literally, but in essence, when the Spirit of God came on him in a dream and said, you're going to have a son, you're going to marry that woman that's pregnant, and you're going to name him Jesus. Is there a spirit hovering in this about not my will but thine be done? Even before Jesus was born, was that taking place, the Father, heart of God? Not my will, but thine be done. Raising a child as a carpenter. Not my will, but thine be done. Do you know some of the outcomes that happened for Joseph? I'm certain he didn't wake up one day thinking, I'm going to marry a woman that's going to be pregnant. I'm going to give birth to a child that's not mine. I'm going to name it something else. Um, We're going to give birth in a stable with some smelly animals. Like, Get where I'm going. No one plans for that. Not my will, but thine be done. But what happened? We read at Christmas about three wise men turning up sometime later and giving gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. Now, I don't know about you, but if I had to give my wife a space inside a stable and give birth to a child amongst the dirt and the cows and the the hay, and suddenly you're given gold, frankincense and myrrh sometime later, my perception is that's going to set you up for life. God honouring to cover you, cover your family, cover the costs and expense of living and life, and it was God's way of showing Joseph, we're talking about through the eyes of Joseph, Just do what I ask you to do. I'm going to protect you and your family because you are honouring me when I've entrusted my my most precious gift to you through my son. You'll notice I've thrown my notes all over the place. I'm just lost, but it's good (laughs) because this is God. This is God. So what position are we building our life from as fathers here today and online? What position are you building your life from? Uh, Are we going through the motions every day like normal human beings of, right, what am I going to do today? What am I going to take charge of today? What am I going to control today? What am I going to... And that's the way we're wired. And you'd be a liar if you didn't agree with me, okay? We go through the motions. But in the context of complete submission for Joseph, creating and fostering an environment, You know, just going through those motions of not my will but thine be done, living that out each day of your life as a father for a son that's going to save the world. I just come back to that place of what is it that we need to do in order to get to where Joseph was as a father? How do we apply these principles today? Because it's not natural, it's not normal. I don't know about you, but it's something we can't do easily or readily. So how do we do that? And something that I've been discussing and thrashing out with Pastor Charles, we've been praying into this for this morning, is do you know the only way that God can build in our life on that foundation? And I'm talking to you fathers and myself included is if we lay down our life. You have to lay down your life that God can build that foundation and the only way is up. I don't know about you. I don't know what where you find yourself today on Father's Day. As we celebrate, my wife said, it's got to be uplifting. It's got to be fantastic. We're going to celebrate. Make them laugh. Well, Charles did that for 12 minutes up the front. So my turn, it's my turn now, and I'm honouring my wife, is seriously, we have to lay down our life. That's what his son did. That's what Joseph's son did. He had to lay down his life as a foundation for the future and the past and all of creation. Bring it back to a place where we can have an honest serious relationship with God, our Father. And do you know what? Do you know what I've found in my own life is that we think we're in control. We think we know enough to get through the day, the month, the year, plan ahead. We've got it all together. We're fine. But without the God factor, we stuff it up. We stuff it up. And I'm talking about foundation now. What's your foundation? On what basis are you building your life your children's life, your future. There's nothing wrong with planning, nothing wrong with that. God designed us with a brain and with capacity to think forward and move forward. But what we're being asked this morning in the Father Heart of God is Are you willing to lay down your life? Are you willing to pray that prayer this morning? Not my will, but thine be done. That's the crux of what Joseph did to submit, to create an environment, to lay a foundation and to let God have his way for the benefit of all of mankind. That's what God is asking us this Father's Day, I believe, to say, Father, not my will, but thine be done. That's the thing that you and I can struggle with, to say, Lord, how do we do that? How do we do that? easy to speak really hard to apply do you want the key to the door prayer prayer can we have the house lights down and as the music's playing and I want to lead fathers this morning in prayer I'm certain there are a number of guys here that are ripper fathers, you've nailed it absolutely nailed it and then there are others that are struggling based on their own history but you know what your past does not dictate your future and that's why we're here this morning because God is the God of all creation all of time alpha and omega the beginning and the end and he wants you right here right now to say father not my will but thine be done This is what we want to do this Father's Day. We want to acknowledge who our Father in Heaven is. You may not know who this Father in Heaven is. You may not know what we're talking about. And what's this Bible you're referring to? The Bible is the history and it's the present and it's the future of our life here on earth. It's God's Word breathed into words that we can apply today by praying that prayer. I'm going to ask all fathers in this room to stand if you could stand right now bow your heads please I'm not a dictator I did say please and I'd love to lead you through prayer right now and just pray this prayer silently as God speaks to your heart this morning Father God thank you that you are my Father and Father we pray I pray this morning that from this moment forward I allow you to fill me afresh do a refresh press that restart button in me this morning Father and help me not just speak the word allow you to enter in and fill the word in my spirit Father not my will but thine be done Father, we accept Jesus afresh. We accept your Holy Spirit, your gift afresh to fill us afresh and help us change the past into a new future, into a new beginning, into a new way forward, into you changing the environment around our children, our children's children, the generational blessing that goes beyond the name because your name is above every other name. At the name of Jesus Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess Jesus Christ is Lord. And for that, we give you thanks this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please take your seats. Thank you. And just before I I hand back to Pastor Charles, I'm giving him that 10 second warning, is um, another confession. 4 a.m. the other morning. I won't tell you which day. I had this prompting, look up the name Joseph. Just look it up. See what the original meaning is, the Hebrew word for Joseph. Do you want to know what it is? I certainly do. I want to go through 15 pages of notes here. It's Jehovah shall add. God shall add. Do you know how easy it is? We could have gone through the entire sermon, made it sound very negative. You know, Joseph gave up this, Joseph gave up that, Joseph gave up You know, his, 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 his dreams, his desires, his aspirations. He gave all this up before Joseph was even born. His parents named him as they were convicted to call their son, their son, Jesus' father, Joseph, God shall add. He was given a name that God was going to go over and above through that man as he followed in the footsteps of his father's heart and honour him and give back to him more than he could ever imagine. Do you think you could do a better job than God? I can't as a father here today. Why not give it all back to God? Why not let him take it, bless it, use it for his glory and it's going to go beyond our lifetime, beyond our children's lifetime, beyond our grandchildren's But Even for those of you that couldn't have children could not have children here today I dare to I dare to say through the love of God you mentor you coach you can come alongside anyone that God puts on your heart to pray into them to speak life and hope into them you can coach them along because even those of us that have children we have them for a season don't we We have them for a season. So for those that wanted children and couldn't have children, even for you on this Father's Day, pray that prayer. Father, not my will, but thine be done. Ask him to show you who it is. He's asking to come alongside that you can coach, you can mentor, you can guide, you can direct, that are going to go beyond your lifetime. Give back to God and watch him bless beyond your wildest, wildest dreams. That's the prayer this Father's Day.